All I ever ask is keep it eight more than 92 with me, 100. It's the end of another season. Well, first, it is. It was League of Legends, done. Next, it was Valorant, also done. Dang it! And and that means welcome to the off season. That uh, hurts. That except, welcome to the off season hurts. <laughs> welcome to the off season, except for Fortnite, Cole. Oh, and is Apex going? Apex is going. Apex is going. I don't know how to watch Apex yet, but maybe I'll figure that out. Uh, I just don't know what the competitive format is on that at all. So, everyone has a primer. Feel free to drop it in the <laughs> the video description. Um, but yeah, it's it's the end of the season. LCQ has come and gone. Cole Cloud Nine is moving on to uh, represent North America again. And what I would the call third it, spot in Cloud Nine, they were more <laughs> what is it? Yeah, a more iconic pair or whatever. Yeah, more iconic, more iconic pair. pair. Um, yeah, and they did it through a pretty uh, pretty crazy run. So hats off to those guys. Way to continue to do that for your organization. We got other things to talk about, Cole. And first, <laughs> I got to say this. Tonight's podcast, Fast Peak Last Week, is brought to you by Rip It Energy Fuel. You're... It tastes good. It is good. <laughs> Enjoy your Rip It's, folks. Ice um, cold. All right, now we've got that out of the way. Also, as I pour this slowly into a cup, tonight's uh, lighting and capture brought to you by Elgato. Thank you, Elgato. Domo Arigato. Y'all are some Mr. real ones. Elgato. Ooh. Uh, or- that was just what I had close to me. Oh, <laughs> you got the pin. Nice. <laughs> All right, enough of that, Cole. It's time enough. for some fast peaks. We need to fast okay. peak last week, and we're going to start off with a very special, I have a timer somewhere. I found it. Okay, I found it. Very special topic. Uh, and it's this one, Cole. The question that we're going to fast peek first is this. It's not really a question. It's more of a comment. We flamed out in the LCQ, Cole. We didn't make it to champs, which honestly, I thought we would. I really did. I believed it. And the last time we did this show, I said, I think we can still make it. And and then a few things happened, <laughs> and we are not going to cha- champions, challengers, champions, and uh, season's over. So, um, talk to me, Cole, about your experience here watching this this weird last chance qualifier that we had on yeah. over two weeks or whatever, three weeks. Yeah, I gotta say, like, <clears throat> I still thought we could win it even after the steel move. <laughs> I yep. was like, yeah, no, I I'm all right with us and. You know, it turns out that everybody else knows better than I do. But what sucks about it is that having set the bar so high in the first year of the org, well, the second year of the org, actually, technically, um, that's kind of weird to think about. Yeah. But <clears throat> the bar has been set so high that like anything other than worlds feels like a disappointment. So this must be what TSM and Team Liquid <laughs> and C9 go through in League of Legends. Yeah. Um, but it's just not the way you want to see us lose too. Like it was not a pretty thing. Mm-hmm. So feeling pretty t- down in the dumps, if I'm being honest. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and you know what? The, uh, I think for me, the thing that feels, like I said, um, the thing that is maybe the most deflating is that we went from Berlin, where I think the conversation was much more about, are we in the top two or three best teams in the world? Yeah. To now asking a question, are we the, uh, in the top three teams in North America? And if you, if and you an empirical that, answer of no. <laughs> yes. If you, unless you're one of these people who is, who is, uh, enjoying their copium i think the answer is currently no it's not that's not where we're at um so it feels like a pretty a pretty fall far a far fall um and one that we have thankfully some time now to really kind of sit back and think about and come up with some ways that we can correct that um but yeah we've got some work to do if we want to get back to the heights of this program um so it's a bit of a roller coaster ride because the program's not super old uh nor is valorant so, um, I guess anything else for you in eight seconds we've got left? Zero seconds, actually. Let's go. Okay, perfect. On to the next. Um, one thing that did happen is this, Cole. COVID, as it has continued to do, messed up everything. And uh, last chance qualifier was not exempt from that. So, uh, our momentum, which we had, winners going into winners finals uh, until COVID said, hold on a second, pause. Take a long pause. Um, was... I think I'm curious for your sense. How big of a deal was that? Is that something that we should be looking at as a p- potential explanation? If that didn't happen, are we currently booking our tickets for wherever champions is happening? Yo, that was a weird thing. I'm not going to lie. It was weird. My yeah. only conclusion that I can draw is about the land thing, land momentum being real. You know, we've talked about land players versus online players. And I've always been like, does it really matter that much? Right. And this is possibly, you know, an answer for why, yes, it does matter because we were looking fine. Yeah. I thought we looked in shape to win the whole thing, even though, you know, we cut it kind of close again, X against X set and everything. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, I do not have an alternative explanation. Our momentum was absolutely crushed by it. We had the same amount of gap time as everybody else, but everybody yep. else had a lot to see from us, from what we did yeah. to prep. And I just feel like it really, it really just threw off the rest of the year. And, and land players, like if that thing is real, which again, I don't know any other explanation to give <laughs> for this, but like, I'm kind of thinking, wow, maybe we should not index so heavily towards land players then yeah. and get away from it because geez, uh, it was like t- watching two different teams, uh, before and after the break. Yeah, and the the thing that I feel like for me is starting to become a, a, I think just the momentum piece for this team is so apparent. Like you think about how many matches of ours have become, it's all about momentum, right? And we go on these crazy runs where it, it's like it's just these swings. And I feel like when we came back from the break for LCQ. We never really had the same momentum that we had before, whether it was from series to series or even within kind of the individual ones. Like we just couldn't, we couldn't, we would, we would do what we typically do or have done many times, fall behind, and then just weren't able to get that pendulum swinging back. Um, I think it happened in one map where we ended up going to overtime and winning. But other than that, we just couldn't find it. So that's, uh, that's one that we'll have to maybe just wonder about forever. Um, what could have been. But, but here's, I think, what for me is, is kind of one of the major takeaways. 
the way the Valorant season is structured is uh, you'll you kind of want to save your best for last, right? And um, you, you go to all these qualifying events, and yes, it feels great to win, and you get the trophy, and you feel amazing, and you hopefully punch your ticket champs, and uh, that's not something that we were able to do. So I want to get your sense for... Um, I mean, here's the other thing that comes to mind for me, unfortunately, is our first trip to Worlds with League of Legends, where we, we had this steady downward trend in performance, and up going to Worlds with, I think, what a lot of people would say was our suboptimal roster. There's no arguing that. So talk about that. How does it feel for you that we're, we didn't have our best look, our strongest team, for this most important event, if you're thinking about champions? Um, and what do you make of that? Yeah, so, well, first of all, just going back to what we were talking about earlier, like, if it's a LAN event, does champions look different? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if, if, like, maybe we feel more confident go if we were to qualify for that. So it's kind of hard to say. But on top of that, you know, you're talking about the parallel from 2018 League of Legends. And I mean, we were, like, one of any like five out of the six scenarios for us or whatever it was yeah. during Berlin were that we were going to make it on points yes, right. and not have to play the LCQ. And it played out in the exact wrong way for us, basically. Yep. And right. Envy got to sneak in there ahead of us. So <clears throat> yeah, it's like the ordinarily, I think the format would be okay. And and you're right, save your best for last, unless you're one of the top two. Right. And you in aggregate got the job done, which I think is a reasonable expectation of a of a team of our stature, right? Yeah. I mean, say you do that though, your your last then becomes champions and, and you definitely want to have your best look there. Even if we made it, think about this. If we had made it on points and we still had the steel benching happen, which very well could have happened, like do they still we'll talk about that. It's a land of it. <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe they still do okay. I mean, again. We looked fine, I thought, in the first two matches of the LCQ, and they, yeah. and that was against quality opponent, you know. So I like I, it's hard yeah. to say, man. Now, right. obviously, you're right. We weren't going to be in the best roster position right. possible for Berlin. Assuming, but uh, yep. yeah, we'll we'll that's a teaser for later. We're definitely going to be bringing that back up. Yep. And now, Cole, it's time for our last fast peak of the week. It's the end of the season. The year is over, and in two minutes or thirty seconds. Or less. Was this year a success or a disappointment in your eyes? Overall, it's a success. It's still a success. It feels really bad at the end. Okay. Yeah. But again, the last major event we were at, we we were in contention for top four in the world. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you look at what the accomplishments were for the year, we, again, just an insane scenario playing out where Envy kind of usurped our position right behind Sentinels. Right. I think in most cases like most ways that the season could have played out we still weren't going to be provably better than sentinels you know but they're basically a super team and i don't know i just feel like okay with that like if we're top i think i said this on one of the past pods if we're top three in maybe the strongest region mm -hmm. of valorant i feel fine with that yeah. um <clears throat> now again the way we're ending is as we just talked about means that the road forward is a lot tougher. Right. And certainly we fell short of the expectations that we had. Um, but I still think it was successful on the whole, on the balance. Like 
It didn't check yep. all the boxes for us, <clears throat> certainly. But we have some provable, nice finishes, memorable moments, that sort of thing, to where you don't feel like entirely bad. Yeah. For me, the thing that I would agree with you, I think I'd put this in the success category. We overcame a lot. We made meaningful progress long term. We have a strong core of players that I think you can, you could, like, I do not believe that we're going into this offseason and start from scratch mode, blow it up and start over. Um, there will be a lot of teams who are there, right? And so it's good that we're not there. Um, the thing I think that for me is it's the expectations of the organization and the fans, and, and you kind of alluded to this, but I think they became so much higher throughout the course of the season that my concern, because I, I was kind of in the camp of, I think we have a good enough team here to just take this directly in. Um, and this is basically a transition into our next segment. But the, for me, the big question mark is, what does success look like going forward? And what will the team feel is needed to kind of put themselves in a good position to maximize the chance of a successful second full season of Valorant? Because um, I think it's going to be very different. I think the, the bar is different, mm -hmm. and I think the expectations will be too. Yeah, and, and that's certainly the case. And let me just fit one more thing in there because in chat, you know, saying top three NA should have been the minimum uh, expectations based on how we're paying our players and what we've been. But it's like, again, we were, we were in contention for top three in the world at our peak mm -hmm. in this season, in this year. We had a provably great international run, you know? And so mm -hmm. <clears throat> I like, yeah, it sucks to be where we are now at the end of it. But right. I, like, I, I, don't, I, guess, I don't look back at like the totality of the year like that, that bad. Now we got some problems to solve. And if we had, if we have this kind of finish again in the following year, that is for sure a disappointment, yeah. you know? So we got to see from, from here. Yeah. And I think, you know, the question is the year in aggregate is the year in aggregate a success or is it a disappointment? And I think that the, the bar is certainly higher for an entire year to be a disappointment. Right. Um, so, and, but I get it. I get, and I, you know, certainly the LCQ is a disappointment. Like there's no question about that, right? That is sure. not how we wanted that to go, but 100%. it's one event. And, um, I would still say there's more positives to take from this first, this first go around than, uh, than not. Sure. But Cole, uh, and this is a transition. Watch, watch as I go here. There is certainly one big thing that I think we'd probably, um, want to do differently if we could, um, or at least, you know, if you had the crystal ball, you'd say, how is this going to impact our chances at the most successful year we can have? Um, and that brings us to our slow peak of the week, which is, let's talk about the steel benching. I'm going to give us approximately 10 minutes um, to kind of just talk about, Cole, what the heck happened there? Because we've not had a chance to do that yet. So um, start us off just telling us, what, what do you think probably happened? And this, and let me just say, as a sure. disclaimer, no one knows what happened. And I'm sure that there have been things said and things leaked and texts accidentally shared on streams or there, whatever. Well, there but, was a nade, there's a nade shot clip where he talked a bit about it and right. basically but no implied, one knows exactly what happened. No one knows exactly what happens, but nade shots clip seemed to imply that it was the players who felt that that was untenable. Mm -hmm. Now <clears throat> here's the thing though. It's like, we are, we are, we are experienced, seasoned, battle-hardened 100T fans at this point, yeah. right? <laughs> yes. So we should know better than to see a roster move like this and be like, oh, what is Milk doing, man? I don't agree with this steel benching. 
Why did he like, think boy was better? Yeah, What's going right. on? I yeah. see so much of that <laughs> on like Twitter and Reddit and everything. And it's driving me crazy because it's like, guys, it is yeah. so obvious. I went to the Reddit thread on this where someone was talking about like, wow, oh, what was the steel move all about? That doesn't make any sense. And, and it's like the one person who says the most obvious thing is sitting there with one upvote on their yeah, right. you know, <laughs> right. and that's just the way yeah. these things yeah. go. Look guys, it's super obvious that something was forced into a change. Something mm-hmm. happened in Berlin where the players were like, nah, nah, nah. Yeah. Cause you do not <clears throat> make that roster move at that time heading into the the do or die tournament to get to worlds and and to again like basically salvage the rest of the season right yeah you don't make any roster changes <laughs> let alone <laughs> you know one of that timing so with the IGL it's very obvious it was it was forced it was forced it wasn't because they thought boy was a better player mm-hmm. right so either either steel like popped off in the wrong way and treated everybody in the wrong way, which again, we don't know. Or, um, <clears throat> the team was basically like this play style is not going to get it done, you know? And, and, and the players asked for a change. That's, those are the only two scenarios. Steel did something to make everybody mad or the players asked for a change or both. So <clears throat> I, I think like, and, and given, yeah, or both. And given like, Steel was was co-streaming some of the hundred thieves matches from LCQ, <clears throat> and he he alluded a lot to the shot calling and everything. You know, he was talking about like, oh, like you know, if you do this, you have a structured play here. We do this, and what we're just reacting and all this. It kind of sounds like it's it's an IGL play style kind of thing. Yeah, that with that they're hung up on. Right. He's watching the co-stream talking about all the stuff he would have done differently. You know, so I don't know, man. Like to me. There's no need to sit here and debate like, oh, did they really think boy was the right roster move here? No, it's what they could do, right? Who else are you going to get on your roster this time? You're going to go sign Sinatra? Is that what you wanted? Right? Like, what else can you do in that moment? There's not a lot of options. So right. it's it's very obvious to me that it's it's one of those two. things. Well, and and it's a very unenviable situation to be in, right? So things, things were clearly to a point where the players were willing to, or I guess, let me, let me start that over. The players believed that their best chance at having a successful rest of the season was with a different roster. And, and you, it, you're, the tendency is to hear that statement and say, so the players actually thought they would play better with boy over steel. And I think that's actually a mistake to interpret that as meaning they think they're a better playing team, a better performing team. They shoot better, that they have a, a higher chance of winning the most rounds with boy over steel. It's also entirely possible that they that people were at the point where they just say, I am not going to, you know, I don't want to be a part of this current roster if it, it's going to go forward, right? It's like there there are some things that are not worth having in place even if it means that your chance of winning is higher and i think that is is one of the important takeaways here is um i I would say the the players probably i mean you've said it right they had some input into that obviously and they were willing to essentially potentially give up a chance 
to play at Champions if it meant that they didn't have to play with the roster that was in Berlin. And I think that's a pretty uh, a pretty kind of profound situation. You don't see that. Yeah. Well. All these guys want to be there. That's why they play the game. It could be that they thought they could they could have like a, a solid roster move in place during that time, right? Yeah. <clears throat> like, hey, you know, we we have a couple weeks. Why, you know, maybe we can get a player into place, and then it just didn't work out, and so they're using boy. You know what I mean? Like, it it probably was a we can't do it with steel. Let's try something else. And then boy was probably the backup option. Yeah. So um, it does beg the question though. This, this is kind of weird though. The, the, the weird thing about it is because the masters run was good. And I know a lot of those matches were close. We pulled unbelievable comebacks to, to win those games, but we won those dang games. All right. It doesn't matter. Vin Diesel. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Right. Like we did it. We won it. <clears throat> we hit top four in our, our first international competition. And it was against like who wanted to be there and who should be there. So um, <clears throat> it is weird to see that happen. Like, Oh, we got this far, but we still want to do something different. So mm-hmm. that to me, like makes me tip the scales a little more in the favor of like, yo, this guy's making everybody mad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> rather right, than right. rather than oh let's just change the approach because right. like right. the approach got you pretty dang far yeah yeah and and it wasn't like let's let's push for an off-season change <laughs> right it was like let's push for change immediately we we're gonna do this yeah right now and uh tell us what's gonna happen but but what we have is not gonna be it i mean that's that's a really quick and to your earlier point at a time when there are no players available and the best two teams already have all their players locked in. Like, you know, there were some teams who weren't at LCQ, but there weren't a lot of teams at LCQ who had, you know, like it was a a pretty comprehensive list of the players. Um, I wanted to mention this. I saw YouTube serve me up a clip. I'm going to get it wrong. Who it was. It was either maybe it was Shazam. If chat knows after I say the clip, obviously chat always knows chat always knows somebody will know. Um, but the person basically said this. The like they they were basically saying, yeah, look, it's it's like an in-game or kind of like the team dynamic thing is what they're saying. This is a pro from another team in NA. And he was like, it might be that and then oh, and what he was saying is like people are always saying, Oh man, Kiko's bottom fragging, like he's just not doing as well. Like the, he should have been the one moved out. And his point was, you know, you watch Hiko in these VODs, like he's he's gassing people up. He's pumping people up. He's giving them like he's trying. He's being helpful in comms. He's he's doing all these things. And he said that player is the difference between Asuna getting thirty in a round and twenty. And if and if the the player is discouraged in game, if they're feeling like they're not good, if they feel like they can't make the play, like that has a material impact on somebody. So that was his point. He was like, a lot of people just look at the stat line and say. Well, why would you get rid of him? He's not the the lowest performing member of the team. And I thought that was just a very valuable piece of, of insight of how important it is, especially in this kind of a game where you have, you know, in a lot of these cases, you have four people watching you whispering in your ear. And if you're hearing a message, it's not going to make you the best performer you can be. Like there's a very significant cost to that. So does, does chat know? Uh, chat hasn't said yet, but I'm sure. Oh, come on, chat. On it. Come on, chat. <laughs> 
So I thought that was interesting. And I think it, look, it is one of those things. We saw this with Medios, right? Where it's like the true story may never come out. But there's certainly enough there. And there's certainly enough um, kind of conversation happening without somebody coming out and saying, no, 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 no. It had nothing to do with that. Where there's smoke, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And again, in the, same, in the same way with Medios, like no hard feelings. He had, he, he helped us get some, some accolades and some in, like very impressive runs. I would and say hard feelings now, but you have hard feelings. Okay. Toward Medios, I, I, yeah. I would just say the dude won't shut his oh, to Medios to Medios. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you said no hard feelings. I just wanted to put that out. There. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think for, yeah, this is not our Medios <laughs> pod, but you know, I, you always hope that when a team gets to this place where it's like, we're just going to go a different direction that the people involved understand that this is the kind of thing that has to happen. That ha- hard calls have to be made. Um, and that, you know, sometimes it just doesn't work out. I think that's where we landed with steel. Yeah. And it's, it's going to be weird now because now there's a steel sized hole where our hearts used to be. Ah, and boy is not filling it. He, right? Yeah. And, and, and job less boy, because I got nothing yeah. against him, man. No. Seems like a great dude. Uh, and he stepped into a rough call, you know, but yep. uh, a little bit like I an think, Academy I've, player stepping right, in to fill yeah. an LCS spot. I know he's not an Academy. He has professional experience. Like I know he's not just like a, a prospect, but yeah, it was a tough, tough environment to come into. Um, and I saw him tweet afterwards, and I don't think he felt that he had the best performance of his career either. So, yeah, it's tough. Yeah. Oh, oh yes, that's my cue. Whole it is, and so concludes <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the slow peak segment of the show. A slow transition out of that that segment. Up next is everyone's favorite transition of all time. Cole, it's time for the. Yes, <laughs> we got it that time. We practiced. We we uh, we were ready for the incendiary. Well, this section is the uh, community take dropped through the Discord today, um, and today's big brained take is coming from Mont. And Mont says this. Uh, and we should we should mention we're we're grabbing a piece of Mont's take. We're not yes. addressing the whole thing. A lot of people wrote very long short stories for us to read and we're just going to take a piece of it so yes. and we value the the fan fiction about the valorant team uh we appreciate everybody's <laughs> takes we can only play one take this is supposed to be a quick show here's mont's take and it's going to cover a topic that we have not talked about yet um so here's his idea try to implement and train seven over the course of the off season to get him ready for next year and it's again that's a clip of his take but I think that's the one that I'm, I really want to focus on and talk about because we got, you, you just said it, Boy is not seeming like the, uh, the person who's going to fill the void that Steel has left. And um, while there are all, you know, goodness knows what the off-season Valorant um, rumor mill is going to look like. If it's anything like hmm. League, buckle up. Um, but Seven is somebody we've got in the organization. And a lot of people are very excited about him as an as a up-and-coming player um interested for your thoughts cole on this idea from mont does this seem like the right approach for next year i mean that's a big a big uh job yeah. for a new hire right and i i mean i kind of like the thinking because this is a 16 year old kid yeah right and i don't know he looks pretty cracked asuna <laughs> seems to be a big fan of him too yeah um <clears throat> there's clearly some potential there which is why i'm glad we have him but but uh, it seems like we ha- we have to overhaul the team 
rather than to like bring up the next guy in line. Like that's what it feels like, right? It's like, I think that there is a lot of truth to, you know, people saying how slow we play and how reactive we play, which suits Hiko, which is our like God, you know, Mm. but, uh, you can't do that forever. And I, I think like what's, what we're seeing born out in these games is that like, no, like the more aggressive play style is actually going to be the way to go because then you don't dig yourselves into those holes that we found ourselves in. And, um, it just seems to be like, if you do the, the stats on it, it's the better way to go. Right. So it's like everything needs to kind of change. And then there's the whole problem, which we talked about for a couple episodes about jet oppers, right? Yeah. As long as that's a thing, guess what? We don't have that base covered. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and I'm not sure seven is the dude to do it. Yeah. So <clears throat> I want us to, I want us to develop young guys because I want us to have like the cracked youngins, like that you know we liked having Asuna so much because mm-hmm. it was like look at this hugely promising guy yeah you know and 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 everything that he's developed into and it's like we could we if we have the right taste <laughs> we might be able to do that again or bring over like a CS:GO guy who's young mm-hmm. also or something like that so 7 kind of fits that mold but mm-hmm. if we do use 7 we would need to address <laughs> other stuff as well and so i just think like this the team needs more figuring out for the main established players. Yeah. Then to just say, all right, let's rotate in the young guy. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I think the, the big question for me is, does time help to address some of the other issues that we have run into? Like seven is not a direct answer to the questions that we have about the squad's ability to sure. achieve even more. That's because you have to be very clear about the goal. Our goal is not to like do pretty good next year. It's to win the whole thing, right? It's to be at champions and be, you know, and and winning trophies, right? Yeah. And I think that if you, if you look ahead to next year and you say that you haven't won a trophy, I think everybody's going to say that was a failed year. Um, So the bar is super high. And the question that you, you have to ask about a young player is, are they ready? And do they have the kinds of skills that you are needing? Um, so I'm really interested to see what happens with Nitro as a new IGL. If he's going to be a, the player who is kind of setting the strategy for the team and the plays and, and kind of dictating the play style. And I get it. Like it takes the whole team to get there. But the opportunity we have now is we have a prolonged period of time where we get to kind of reimagine what this team is and can be. And I think, and I've always kind of felt like we have more talent in the team than it feels like we're really having shine through. Um, like they're, you know, so I want to see that. Um, and I want to see what kind of a difference it makes to have uh, just, you know, the current four players we have that we feel like we're probably moving into next season with. Um, does, how does the team feel different? And then does seven fit into that? Um, because I think he does, if he doesn't, he's, it's not going to work. Like he is not going to be the cure all and answer to everything, right? You have to give room for these guys to fit into the team in ways that make sense Yeah. as much as it's tempting to just say, well, he's really good. And so he'll be able to succeed. Well, maybe, right? Maybe not. Um, and one last thought on the jet op thing, even if it's not 
jet op, if they figure out how to make that a less dominant presence through nerfs or whatever, um, it's going to be something, and it's probably going to involve an op. And the new agent has a special sniper rifle, and you can bet that uh, he will find himself in the competitive mix in some way because turns out ops are good. Um, so we need to have somebody who's very proficient with that, and then we need to be able to play around it too. So that's my piece. Uh, we got to yeah. figure out that piece. And yeah, that's that's not so simple as just saying let's get another good player. I, I know it's not that simple, but at the same time, man, I just feel like it's time to throw the bag again, you know? And and th- this is what gives me hope, right? If you guys, like, cast your minds back to the early days of Hunter T. Valorant, we've been bad before, and management has fixed it with their choices, mm-hmm. right? And then, and then we did well, and then we started to, sl- like, slide a little bit, and management made another change, and it made us competitive again. You know what I mean? So... Management is willing to spend money and has a track record of making decisions that are beneficial. Yeah. The steel thing, I'm telling you right now, does not smell like management made the best roster call, right? It smells like they had to do something to appease players, right? Right. So the offseason gives us a chance to see what management is going to do to address this situation. And I'm confident that they'll do something the right way. I really am. So... That's that's a really important point. Yeah. yeah. So I think there's a really good chance that we have options in the scene mm-hmm. of, yeah, of pe- very established and players who can make an immediate impact. I think that's players great. will want to play for Hunter T. Yeah. You, you you can you can bet that people will come to Hunter T if they're if they have the chance and there's money, you know. And, yeah. and I think that that is the case. So yep. again, it's never an easy puzzle to solve, but the track record is good on it. So for me, I'm like, yeah. Let's just let let the boys cook. Yep. Let them let them work their magic. Let's watch them work. Yeah. Yep. Um. Yeah. I think that's gonna do it, Cole. We'll You're... end on that note. That and so concludes the first season of Fast Peak last week. That's right. It's been yeah. it's been a a fun and a regularly scheduled show. Right. Um. And we appreciate everybody hanging out, chat. Thanks for being here. Um, it's a fun one to do. It's a fun one to do. And, you know, I'm going to enjoy Champions. I hope it's called Champions. I've been saying that all day. I don't know. These uh, names. Who the, knows? The conventions for Valorant still don't make sense to me. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to enjoy that. It'll be fun to watch. Let's go NA. I hope that our guys can bring home the trophy because it belongs here, obviously. Yeah. That's right. And uh, hopefully we'll have, you know, we'll, we'll see if we can uh, set up an off-season interview or, or two and see yeah. if we can get anything cool for you guys to keep this uh, Valorant stuff going. Yeah. But uh, again, just echo this. <laughs> excuse me, I echo the sentiment. Thank you guys for being part of this. Yeah. In the show's first season. And we love you. Miss